We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifefw.org. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We are all about making Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. I want you to go ahead and get your notes out and write some stuff down. If you have Bible, Bible app, do that. Get your Bible or Bible app open to Psalm 27, verse 4. Psalm 27, verse 4. Hey, Thanksgiving is behind us. We did it. We did it. You did Thanksgiving. Did you guys have a good time? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I really, really did. I loved it. Uh, Rebecca and I, we spent some time with my wife's father, her dad, in, uh, in New Braunfels. And, and uh, her, her dad's name is Mario. And, and it, it's the first Thanksgiving, though, that we spent with her family since Rebecca's mother passed away last May. So it, it was bittersweet. Uh, just, it's, it's just a change. It's one of those things that it's not really kind of easy to go through, but you need to and you do it, and we still had a very, very good time. Uh, but it was really wonderful. I, I got to spend a little bit of time alone with my father-in-law and, and just, just spend some good time chatting with him. Uh, I, I enjoyed that because I like, I like hearing the stories. And, and he's, his, his, his prominent language is Spanish, so it's, you know, he, he's very, very good with Spanish. He's, he's good with his English, but, but you know, he, instead of calling me Tim, he calls me Team. And, and that, but that's, that's, that's cool. That, that's actually very cool. Um, but I had a good, good time chatting with him, and he said, uh, I, I, I asked him, you know, how old he was, and just kind of thinking it through, and I said, well, you're actually the same exact age as my dad. I just all of a sudden realized, like, like duh, after all these years. And it's interesting, you know, because Mario, my wife's dad, was born in Monterey, Mexico. My dad, Wayne, born at the same time in the Smoky Mountains of North Carolina. And both uh, Rebecca's dad and my dad were born uh, at the beginning of the Great Depression, which meant life was tough for them, uh, whether it's in the United States or Mexico or wherever. And, and so I began just telling my, my, my father-in-law, Mario, a little bit about my dad's upbringing, because my dad shared a lot of that with me. And, and, uh, and I just said, yeah, my, my dad, he, he was raised in, you know, in, the, in, the, in the mountains. It's just a little cabin, literally, in the woods. And his father, whose name was Hosea, that's my grandfather, he would walk to work deep into the forest every day, and, and he was in the timber industry. Sometimes he would be gone for days, all week, and then come back at the end of the week. And, and, and I was just telling him, yeah, and, and my dad, growing up, he said they just had one cow. It wasn't a cow for steak like we think it's for, because, you know, in Fort Worth, that's what we think about. But, uh, but it, it, was, it was for milk. And, and, he, and in fact, uh, I, I just said my, my dad and his father would, would take the milk and the cream and they would go out, uh, walk, walk a little ways out to a creek where, where they, would, they would create a little hole and they would, they would bury the cream and the milk so, and, and seal it up and hide it really good so that animals wouldn't get into it or anything like that. And, and, they would, and the, the coolness of the creek would, would actually create a... Uh, 
uh, like a refrigerator. And that's how they, they kept their stuff preserved. And, and they had one hog per year. They would get this one hog and they would raise it from a little piglet, I guess that you call it, until it's, it's big. You know, the piglet from, I'm thinking of piglet from, from that uh, Winnie the Pooh show. I was like, all of a sudden I feel sorry for it now. But it, was for the, but it was for the purpose of food. They'd get it to the end of the year and then, woohoo, you know, it's big. And, and you just kill it and cut it up and you, you eat it. Uh, most of their food came from a garden. They, they, uh, they, they grew, my dad says primarily they ate vegetables uh, and along with eggs and then they had their chickens. Like, you know, when a chicken gets old, the chicken starts, you know, then you need to go ahead and recycle the chicken. You eat the chicken. In fact, you know, it's kind of interesting because I was raised, my, my dad insisted on passing a lot of this on to me and so I was, was the recipient of some of these interesting traditions of my dad. Uh, we raised chickens when I was a kid. Any of you guys ra- raised chickens? You, 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 okay, you guys have no clue then most of you. All right, good, good, good. See, all right, you know we raised chickens and it was great because you have all these fresh eggs and and i was i was happy about that the first time i saw an, an egg where the yolk was like yellow and not orange i was like oh, that's weird you know don't eat it i don't know what's wrong with that but but uh but we had that and 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 you know after when the chickens got a little bit older we we killed them i mean the, the boys we we do this about six about twice a year we'd go out and take the chickens that that were expiring and and uh, you you take the chicken i know some of you think this is brutal but hey you know you you eat, don't you tell me you've not had a chicken taco come on come on come on but they would take we take the chicken you know, here's how you do it you hold the chicken by the leg. Some of you know about this. And you, you put it down, and then you hold it down like that with its head against the chopping block. And another brother, usually an older one, will take the axe and swing it down. You lop off the chicken's head. And then you take the chicken, the beheaded chicken. The, the head just falls. The, but the body flops. And so you have to throw it, you know, so it doesn't, like, go crazy on you until it, like, quits flopping after about about 30 seconds and you go pick it up after you pick it up you take the chicken so i don't know if anyone of you've done this but this is powerful because my dad taught me this. this is what we did growing up all right and 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 you, you take the chicken by the chicken legs and you you hold it in this boiling hot big thing of water uh hold it underneath there for oh i don't know for maybe 30 seconds or so and then pull it out and it's hot and and and, and that but what that does that loosens up the feathers and then you have to pull all the feathers off and that you know that's what i had to do i had to do that over and over I, for hours of that it stinks it's gross it's nasty and then you then someone takes the 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 then freshly plucked chicken it's called plucking the chicken into the house where mom cuts it up and freezes it and we have chickens uh, that's any of you guys know, know about that how many of you have how many of you have done that raise your hand oh my word you guys are the coolest it, but it's, it's a crazy experience isn't it and most people like well, of course that's how they do it vincent christian we, i don't know how you guys got together on that here do y'all like do that now maybe <laughs> that is kind of scary right there but 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 we also had the garden we always had we always had huge gardens as a soul it gave me a, a love for for fresh vegetables and all the stuff that we would grow out there uh, but but dad said that the most common meat though that they would eat was actually squirrel <laughs> Because, yeah, this, I mean, we're talking, these are the real hillbillies, my family, all right? They, da- Dad said he would go out in the woods and shoot squirrel and bring it home, and, and that was the most common meat. And the staples, which you had every day, were cornbread and buttermilk. So cornbread, buttermilk, and, and you know, whatever else they could find outside, and they would eat it. I was telling my, my father-in-law, Mario, these stories, and he looked at me with these mystified eyes. And he said, well, well, we were blessed, you know, and, and, and I was like... Well, that's, I'm not making fun of that. So we were blessed. And he said, we always have food. And, and I thought, well, really? 
uh, you know, but, but again, I, I wasn't thinking. He lived in a huge city. He said, but we just had the milkman come. <laughs> and the milkman would come and set this big jar of milk, this big thing of milk on our porch every morning. And we would have to drink it in the mornings. And we all shared just a little bit of milk. But we always had food. He said, we were poor, but we didn't worry. And I was like, wow. I told him this. That's actually pretty interesting because even though y'all's lives were very different growing up, my dad says the same thing. My dad said they were blessed. My dad said they always had enough food. And my dad said the cow always produced milk. I thought about the comparisons. I mean, Mario, my father-in-law, he was just a person who had a zest for life. He really, really lived during the 1930s in the huge city of Monterey, Mexico. Also, my, my dad, Wayne, he really lived. He lived back in the 1930s in the deep woods of, of, of the Smoky Mountains. But, but both relished life. I both have said how they went to church every single Sunday and worshiped God and they, they sacrificed that day to, just to give a total focus on God and spend time with family and, and rest. And, and, and life was simple and they really lived why do we make it so complex thinking that's the way to really live see the contrast of their early days and our lives today is you know about 80 years different you know uh, and today life in the city is not all that simple at all a lot of times we don't even feel like we're really living but instead we're feeling like we're being dragged along by life, and I just don't believe that's God's plan for us. Now, I'm not implying that we should go back and return to life as it was in the 1930s because I do not want to go dig a hole down by Mary's Creek behind my house and use that as my refrigerator. I just don't think that's going to work, but I do believe that God desires us to tap into simplicity in our daily lives. It's a simplicity of simply following him with faith, filled expectation because God loves you he wants your life to count and he doesn't want you to be driven by the culture the entertainment or, or your careers or your hurts or your pains or or the prejudices of yourself or others but, but God wants you to live with a passion and a zest and a zeal for life making it all count and trusting God just trusting God to have this, this singular focus and this vision for your life. And when you get that, when you get focus, then you can, you can actually have a lot of freedom in your life because you're not trying to fix everything. <laughs> in fact, that's really actually what I'm challenging you to do in this last uh, message in this series called Simplify. I'm actually challenging you to listen to God and select one single word that's going to guide you all of next year. I've selected mine. And, and, and I'm encouraging you to simplify your 2018 and to simplify it with one word, one single word, not 15,000 resolutions, one word. Uh, around here at City Life, we have some core values that are very important to us. We, they, they actually strongly characterize our church and how we operate. And, uh, but, and, and they, they help us to see how we're unique in our ministry because honestly i don't believe god's called our church to just fade into the background of the typical religious culture and so so that's why we have our values and one of these four core values that we have is the value of intention can you say that word with me intention yeah i i, I like the value of intention 
And, and we, we say it this way, intention means that we value bold, creative strategies that focus our efforts on things yet unseen. That's not just for our church. That's not just the way the church is led. But that's how many of you lead your own lives. And that's why you find, it's like, hey, wait, I, 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 I can resonate with the message that's, that's being spoken here. It's because this is a value of your life. You know, part of this we have written in our statements is, is we resist a haphazard approach to life and ministry. And so, so this helps us. When we, we have this value of intention. And really, this value of intention, uh, you, you hear it woven into so many of my messages, but it, it keeps us actually heading in the right direction. And, and it prevents us as individuals or even as a church from trying to do what every church does or what everybody else does. But instead, we just do this something different. We listen to God and we do what God wants. And it's actually the bolder way to live. The value of intention... Um, it, it actually keeps our individual lives pointed in the right direction we, where we as individuals choose to pause and listen to God. We choose to simplify because when we respond to what God is saying, then we can begin doing what God desires and we find fulfillment in our lives. Now look in your Bibles in Psalm 27 verse 4 because in this passage, ancient Israel's King David uh, he, 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 he speaks about this focused clarity in his life. I mean, he was a man who just really lived. He lived. Uh, David was a poet, and he was a songwriter, but the lyrics of one of his songs is found right here in Psalm 27. That means song number 27. Verse number four, so this is a little stanza from the psalm. And here David sings, he sings this. He says, one thing. Oh, you catch those first two words? One thing. Say one thing. Come on, say it again. One thing. One thing I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek. Only do I seek. Okay? This is interesting. That I may dwell. Say dwell. Dwell is the key word. Dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Okay, David had this one thing focus, and he makes it clear that it's driving him. He's just like, this is the only thing I'm seeking. And, and, and as you, you take a look at it, you begin to say, okay, what is the one thing? The, the one thing is very clear. It's that word to dwell. Now, we look at the word like dwell. Well, it's like, what, well that, that's kind of a, a lazy word. Well, in that culture, it was really quite different because dwell just meant you, you, you own it. it. It doesn't mean that you just exist. It means that you actively participate. It means that you thrive. I, I guess the best way to say dwell is that you really, really live right where you are. And and you see, this one thing that David is saying about his life is very similar to what I'm saying with, to us about the one word. See, that drove him. And you, you, you read that, that little stanza of that song, you can't help but know that it drove him. And it was his focus. Yet at the same time, he was the king. And his leadership responsibilities didn't cease, but at the same time, he was driven by this one thing, this, even this one word, and that is to dwell, to actively participate in it, to own it, to thrive, to really, really, really live. And, and I want to really live with that kind of focus. If you've already uh, selected your one word for 2018, good job, great, because it will help you to focus regardless of your occupation, regardless of your place in life. It really, really will. Some of you are already beginning to implement it. And I have, I have as well. 
And your, your one word, what it will do is it will actually help keep you focused on hope because there's too much hopelessness being pushed your way every single day. I want you to have that hope. Uh, see, see, this singular focus, this one word, it'll help you from being like, like pulled down and sucked into the mundane and your pain and your hurts and your fears. And, and you'll have hope. See, because hope helps you to lift your head and believe that there can be and that there is a better tomorrow and that your best really is yet to come and, and that you're a person of destiny. You're a person of future. In fact, faith, which is you know, huge, that's, 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 that's a big deal. Faith is actually built upon hope. Do you realize that? You can't even have faith if you don't have hope. And hope is found when you simplify your focus, give up your stress, let go of yesterday's problems and rejections and unfulfilled dreams or even the mess that you're currently in that you may have even created yourself and just let go. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God says this. And this is the key scripture that I started with a series with. And I wrap it up with the same scripture where God says, I know the plans I have for you. The plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you what? Hope and a future. God is forward motivated. See, this is what God is saying, and he said this to some people who were in the middle of hopelessness. That's what God's saying to you right now. He's saying is quit trying to force everything. Instead, just lean into God, rest in him, and even listen to him. I'll tell you guys, God's speaking. He is speaking to you personally and individually. Why are you listening? Can you hear him? He wants you to be a person of focus, to zoom in on what he's saying and do it. And that one word, when you get this, I mean, it will actually give you the faith that you need to live and to, to relish life. And I, and I mean really live. Like, like what David was experiencing, because I'm telling you guys, dead, stale religion, it'll actually suck life out of you. Uh, stress, anxiety, it sucks life out of you. Hopelessness sucks life out of you. And you guys understand that, because every one of you face this kind of stuff. But Jesus didn't come to give us any of that junk. No, Jesus said, I have come that you may have, what's the word? Life. And he wants you to have it to the full. That means he wants you to live, to really, really live, both today and in eternity, because your life has value. Your purpose is greater than what you see right in front of you day in and day out. Don't underestimate God's desire for you and his desire to form you your life counts so live and I, and I mean really really live and we do this when we lock into jesus so listen to god and simplify your 2018 right now just by finding that one word preston's coming up right now i've asked him to share with us his one word and um, as he comes i mean yours might be something totally different it could be a character trait or uh, spiritual focus it might be an attribute or a value i mean honestly it could be anything uh but preston's going to tell us what his is so take it yeah, away thanks, young thanks man. dad thanks dad my one word for 2018 is b it's to be Ooh. 
<laughs> last, uh, last week I told someone, that's the kind of response I desired. But uh, I told someone my, my one word is to be, and they said, oh, I didn't know that you could have a bug for your one word. I'm like, ha I get it. <laughs> right, because bees go to flowers, make honey, and then they provide sweetness. That's how I'm doing it. Like, I'm going to be a sweet fragrance to God and provide it before him. So. But it's less of be the bug, but more so as my state of being. Yeah, I think yeah. oftentimes I get so caught up in doing, 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 yeah. and I exhaust myself mentally, emotionally, uh, even physically. And mm -hmm. I felt like God telling me to just step back and to be. be I like to it. To observe really my like be and, and believing that um, uh, less focus on my state of doing, but rather to focus on my state of being will produce the right doing in my life. I so. like that. And don't you let anybody make fun of your word, all right? No, thanks, Don't you all let anybody make fun of your word. You say, it's my word. God gave it to me. I don't know what your problem is. All right, don't, don't do it that way, though. But do you guys know your word yet? I mean, now, if you don't, um, it's the last week I'm talking about this, but I put together this random selection. It's just a bunch of random words for you, and I just throw it up there on the screen as a sampling to inspire you uh, and so that you can respond to that one word that God's putting in your heart because I believe God's already put the word in your heart. You just kind of need that extra nudge to say, okay, I'm moving forward with this. I mean, what is it? Love, joy, is it patience, kindness? might be rest, pray, health. It could be train, it could be flexible, devotion, intimacy, discipline, <laughs> commitment, boldness, positive, live, inspire, finish, initiate, integrity, strong, hope, be ready. This is not any kind of an all-inclusive list. And your word may not be any of these, and mine isn't. Um, I'll tell you what mine is again next week at City Life Night. But, but when you get that word from God, this is getting a literal single word from God, and you begin to live it out, I'm telling you guys, it's going to keep you focused, and it's going to prevent you from getting distracted. It's going to cause you to live with intention. And that's my, my desire for you to hear today, to live. And, and it will also cause you to step outside your comfort zone, which is actually pretty healthy. I, I mean, guys, quit being okay with being driven by the annoyances in your life and get outside of your comfort zone of just being stuck there all the time and begin to focus and move forward. You say, well, well if, I, if I choose one word, then I might miss out on something. You're not going to miss out on anything, but I'm telling you this much, you're out, you will actually be challenged. Truth is, it's easy to float downstream on a river. Have you floated a river before? Yeah, I've done that before. It's easy to float downstream. You just do it. It's like down in New Braunfels where, where my wife's family lives. Like a lot of people float the river and, and you just see them out there. You know, they just grab a beer and sit there and float down the river. It's like, well, that's uh, the easy life, I guess, guess. You know, but I don't want my life to be that way because it takes no effort. <laughs> and, but if you want to take charge of your life, you want focus. It's going to demand that you actually get a paddle out and begin to move in a different direction from where everyone else is going. And the truth is, next week, next year, everyone in this room, you're going to face some obstacles that you didn't know were coming. They won't be anticipated. Everyone in this room, you're going to be stretched, I promise. But as you keep that in focus and, and, and learn just the, to, to, to just simply live the fullest by stepping out of your comfort zone, 
You're going to see, I just really believe, you're going to begin to see God bless you in your life in so many different ways. Because you're going to begin to position yourself in a place where now God can heal your past wounds. Where, where God can restore the theft and the death and the destruction that hell brought on you. Because that is what God does. God wants you to live. God wants you to live, live, live like never before. And, and as we're saying this, moving into next year, live. And then you keep that one word front and center. I mean, put it everywhere. You don't want to drift back into just being drifted, uh, driven by the current of the river again, do you? No. I mean, you're going to post your word in some prominent places, put it all around you. Some are going to make carvings and make a belt buckle. I mean, good night. We live in Fort Worth. Just do something that's going to keep you reminded of it. Keep it uh, just right in front of you on a regular basis and and when it, gets, when it gets your attention, it's going to have your focus. Hey, the truth is, listen, if God really, really spoke to you, do you want it just to become some blurry, vague religious image? No. No. I mean, there's no way because you value what God says way too much. In fact, next Sunday, we'll have the banner up that I've been talking about. And it's going to have all of your one words on there that you've submitted and it's going to be on that wall. We're going to leave it up for the next couple of months. And you can go over to that wall and point at it and do a selfie. You know, hey, that's me. Whatever. I, 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 had, I, I was asked this twice this week. No matter how many times I've said it. Your name will not go on the, the, the thing. I had just the words. But then as I was thinking about it, like, well, some people's names might go on it if you're like your one word is a name. But, um, but then that would be kind of weird. Unless, unless your name is like, joy and they say okay that would that'd be good that'd be good or you know or you know just the faith or something like that I, I like that but if your name is like ricardo or 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 jake it's just like okay that's what and, and listen 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 do not hear me well do not make your one word that person that you hope is going to notice you and ask you out on a date. Don't, don't, don't make that your one word. That's weird. Okay, just that's weird. So don't, I know, I don't want to see a bunch of names up there. It's like, great, my name is on the one word. If somebody else don't know who it is, I, no, just, no, just don't do that, all right? Um, that would be, that'd be weird. That'd just be weird that you go point at it. See? see? No, 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 don't do that. But remember this. <laughs> that would be weird. Listen, guys, your life has purpose. God didn't put you on this earth just to earn money and have children and die because there are actually some people around you who need you and who need the God in you. And the more you get that focus, the more you're going to find yourself uh, ready and cleared up in your head to open up and love others. And then the stronger you will become. It works that way. So when you get that one word from God, then you're just going to live that word. And that's my big encouragement today. Live, 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 live that word. Uh, make it the motivating factor of your life. And then the mundane and the difficult and the challenging situations in life, even those things will have purpose. The Apostle Paul, he wrote this letter uh, to, to, to a bunch of his followers at a particular church. And, and, and it's, it speaks to us today as well because we always feel like we're doing, 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 but going nowhere, you know. And sometimes we feel like we don't even own our own lives. But, but God desires us to live according to the direction that he's given us and 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 just simply do it live out that one word with a different attitude than what you used to have toward life and that one word focus will help you to do that paul said it very clear he said this uh, he said he said whatever you do whether in word or deed that's everything talking in action do it all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god to the father through him 
In other words, just be a person of worship and praise. Okay, follow along. He also says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not your human masters or bosses. Wow. That speaks volumes right there. And, and just keep this scripture in mind here. Just look at it here for a second. Some of you, this is, this is your key thing you're taking out of here today because with fresh focus in your life, as you move into a new year here in a few weeks, you're going to have that focus and you can just keep thanking God all day long and watch that as you live thankfully in everything that you do, God will continue speaking to you. You're going to hear the voice of God much more clear and you'll be able to follow the leading of God. And, and when you do this, then you'll realize like, <laughs> Colossians 3.23, I'm not working for the boss. I'm working for God. I'm not laboring for the company. I'm laboring for God. And it's true. You will find value and purpose in that. Um, this perspective, it, what it actually does, it revolutionizes attitudes. You'll find yourself begin to live like never before. You'll begin to thrive in even the darkest circumstances which some of you may face. And because... Your future is not based upon yesterday's derailment or God's plan. <laughs> hey, my friends, God does have a plan for you. And as you quiet yourself, simplify your mind and eliminate that mental clutter I've been talking about, you're going to hear God so much more clear. And guys, it's not mystical. It's not weird hearing from God. Because God's already talking to you. And, and many of you, regarding the word, he's already put that word in your heart. Some of you feel a stirring today and possibly even a confirmation today during this message. And now it's time to just to write it down and own it. Just write it down and own it. And then go out and live it. And start living it now. Get used to it before January 1st, all right? And then you won't have to have 15,000 <coughs> resolutions that you're all going to break anyway. You just, just get that one focus, all right? And it'll make a difference in your life. And, and you'll begin to become the person that you really want to be. The person you were wired to be. The person that God designed you to be. So live out your one word to make Jesus known. Just do it. Put it into action. And, and uh, you know, the scriptures tell us that faith without an accompanying action is like DOA. It's, it's dead on arrival. That means the faith doesn't even exist unless we're taking action, some sort of action based on the faith. So you have, if you have faith that that one word is in you, then the simplest thing you can do with some action is just to write it down and get it up there on the board. Uh, overcome that. Some of you need to overcome fear. Some of you have a fear. I felt this strong last night. He's like, I think some of you may have a fear that if you write this word down, you kind of make it your theme word, that, that if you didn't hear from God or whatever, it's going gonna, it's gonna to derail your life and mess you up. And so you don't want to do the wrong words. So you won't write anything. And I'm just telling you, no, you need to conquer that fear. You need to write down that word and stop playing because the enemy will keep you in that state of flux and you'll never be able to make that decision. You'll never get that clarity from God. Just own it. You make 2018 count today. You might be here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. It's possible that you've even drifted from your relationship with God, but in your heart today, you feel the stirring to want to know the Jesus that we talk about here at City Life. And if that's you, I just want to let you know that God wants you to have that new beginning that you're desiring to. 
just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. The way you'll respond is just simply by lifting your hand. And uh, that way I'll be able to connect my faith with yours. Listen here, guys. Jesus loves you. He loves you more than you can imagine. Jesus died for you so that you could have life and have life to the full. And everything changes today. So if you'd like to be included in my closing prayer, I will ask you to raise your hand to surrender your life completely to Jesus when I count to three. One, two, three. Will you please raise your hand? Raise your hand in this room. Thank you. Who else? You can put your hand down. Who else? Who else? Okay, good. Thank you. Why don't, why don't we all stand? I want everybody to stand. Listen here. If you raised your hand, I want you, along with everyone else in this room, to pray these words with me. And I want you to believe these words with me. Come on, let's pray these words together with faith, everyone right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. <laughs> Please forgive my sins. I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for clarity as I move into next year. I choose to live without fear and with new courage. In Jesus' name, amen. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. And if you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifefw.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.